0: Um, this morning, look, if you know me at all, you you just know that I'm a, like a kid in a candy store around this time of year. Just love Advent, love Christmas, love everything about it in terms of everything that's centred around Jesus and um, all that it meant in terms of him coming into this world and how life was never the same again as a result Um, And so I'm really, really excited to be up here this morning. I love preaching in December. It's a fantastic time of year. I want to tell you a story to begin uh, this morning of an experience I had. It's nearly, I can nearly say decades ago. That is just a horrible thought. But we'll just say years ago, so I don't feel too old. Um, I got to go and do some caving. Has anybody been caving before? been caving yeah yeah um, it was quite an amazing experience and kind of a freaky one for me all at the same time I do have a bit of a spatial issue apparently which I found out when we went and did that caving but it, it, we kind of started the journey and literally I'm not joking the way we got into this cave and it was um kind of uh, decomposed uh, granite so it wasn't necessarily soil it felt more like sand than it did soil but I'm not joking to get into this cave there was this long slit under a rock that would have been about ooh, just uh, probably just below my knee and you had to crawl for about 10 meters through that space to get into this cave. So if you've already got a spatial error yeah, I see everybody is starting to, you know, all these people are tensing up in the, in the in their seats at the moment. So that was freaky enough, but then we got inside and we all had our torches on, which was great, and you started to move through this cave and there were sections where literally to go to the next section, the only way you could get through was by putting your body in a certain position, like if you went through with your with your arms out and slid into this hole, you could get through. If you tried to get through it with your arms by your side, you'd get stuck. So, that yeah. Here's the bigger question. Who was the one that discovered this cave and actually went through and did all of this? I was going on the back end of somebody else having been through all of that. I want to know who's crazy enough to go and explore that kind of stuff, not knowing if they'll get back out again. Yeah, Anyway. So anyway, all that to say, we went through other sections and I, I won't put you through any more torture, but we got to the middle of this cave in this big open area and by this stage, we are completely separated from anything outside. And so we're, we're in this cave, about 20 of us, all a little relieved that we got through those sections uh, um, of exploring and we turned all our lights off. Everything, all our lamps and everything. We all sat still, obviously, turned our lamps off and we gave it a good five minutes of just waiting and talking, allowing our eyes to adjust to not having any light. There was literally not one ounce of light in that cave. I was waving my hand in front of my nose. I had no idea how close I was except for the wind movement. That's all I could feel. It's, it's weird. If you haven't done it, it's weird to think, hang on a minute. No, surely you could see some sort of silhouette or image. Nothing. Nothing. There was not an ounce of light that could allow me to even see the, the image of my hand right in front of my nose. It was kind of a weird and creepy experience because in our modern society, we're so used to light. We can just click it. Anytime we want and boom, there's light, even though it's artificial. Every day the sun comes up, we live in it, we love it, it's fantastic. But to have that experience where there was no light was really, really creepy. I was reminded of that experience about a month ago. Do you remember we had that blackout? Did any of you, or a lot of us had that blackout for a good period of time? It's kind of then the reality hits you of how much we rely on just the ability to have light at the flick of a switch and uh, we had a great time as a family in the end apart from the point of which our freezer started to defrost all the meat and wondering how much that was going to cost us to replace if it went any further but um but we uh we had a great time together and in the midst of that we, what do we usually race for? Well, these days we might race for these <laughs> to give us some light, but in general and in times gone by, we would race for a candle, wouldn't we? And we did. We went and got a candle, a few candles, and we put them in the middle of a room and um, out of very little light, we still had some, suddenly there was light. I am one of those people, I'm not a pyro, I will say that really clearly, not a pyromaniac, but When there is a flame of light in front of me in the darkness, I can't help but go to a place of reflection and contemplation. Mostly because at the times it's happening, things have been simplified and I've actually backed off all the busyness of life like Kirk just talked about and it's sitting around a fire at night in the dark or the power's gone so everything's simplified because you haven't got anything else to do except be with whoever's around you or whatever's going on. And I can look at that flame and I can watch it and I can contemplate for ages. It's like a river for me. It's pretty close, pretty close to like being near a river or I can just sit and contemplate. And I am always drawn then to the references and I can't help but particularly even now at this time of year in Advent and we look at all the lights that are around us and that are going on and and I just have to, and I I have to and I can't help but to reflect on the light of the world Jesus coming in and being the light of the world every time I see a flame I have to stop and and I can't help but think about all that it means of this one little flame and how much it can pierce the darkness in the midst of all around us and I begin to um, praise and, and worship Jesus the Bible is full of full of references to light throughout all of Scripture. Another advantage of these things and our ability to search, just type light in your Bible app and have a search and watch how many times it comes up in in your um, Bible app. We see it in Genesis 1, start of creation. Let there be light and life started with the command and the creation of light. Here's a really interesting point. Let me go to Genesis. Do you remember what it says in Genesis 1? In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over all the surface of the deep. And the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. If you jump down a little further, I think it's the day three or four, God then created the sun, the moon, and the stars. Where is the light coming from? For those of you that are theologically inclined, Neil and I have had some great chats over Messenger over the last couple of days. Maybe we should just put that up and you can just read through our notes and that could be my preaching for today. <laughs> for today. But it's a it's a really cool thing to think about. And I'll throw another bit in. If you are the, you'd like to go and search this stuff out, I'll throw in Revelation 22.5 for you to go and have a look at where it talks about that there'll be no, we won't need light. We won't need the sun and the moon because God himself will be providing the light to us. We will shine through his glory. I asked Nathan the third time yesterday, I'm like, here's this cool thing, Nate, see what you think. And as quick as, like I just asked you where'd the light come from, within one second he goes, oh, it was from him. You're on it, you're on it, Nate. I don't want to say to you, absolute, I know that's 100% true. I want to say that could be Scott. I'll be the first to admit if I'm wrong. But it's a really interesting thing to ponder and wonder where was the light coming from. But here's what we know. When God said, let there be light, Life started. Life started. Creation started when God said, let there be light. Life cannot exist without light. Ponder that one a little bit as well. More parts throughout the Bible. The Exodus, we see God dwelling with his people, moving with his people. I, I preached on this, this sense of presence a few weeks ago Um And um, God is moving with the Israelites in Exodus 13 through a pillar of fire. So once again, light is guiding Israel. God's presence is seen as light at night guiding them. That would have been so cool. Could you imagine? Like we go out and we go and explore the Christmas lights and have a look at how cool they are and all the colour. Could you imagine being Israel in the desert and you're waiting, you're watching for the sun to go down, go down, go down. It's like, ready kids? Here it comes. Boof. Down drops this pillar of fire and there is the Lord and his presence is there. What a cool time that must have been. What a really cool time that must have been for the Israelites. I'd love to see that. Then um, the most, where do you reckon do we see the word, just at a guess, the word light? Which book has the most references to light in the Bible? No, no. No, it's Old Testament. Who said, did someone say it? Psalms? Did someone say Psalms? Yeah, it's the Psalms. Could make sense because it's got a lot of chapters, but even so, um, it does. But because there's so much language around light and describing God and his glory, and let me give you a few references, Psalm 119.5. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. 13.3, look on me and answer, Lord my God, give light to my eyes. Go away and ponder that. Reflect on that throughout this week. Give light to my eyes. 104 verse 2, the Lord wraps himself in light as with a garment. Another very, very cool picture. So, one of our classic classic verses for the Advent season is Isaiah 9 verse 2. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. Later on in verse 6, for unto us a child is born, to us a son is given. Then we jump from the Old Testament into the New Testament and somebody already mentioned John, the book of John. And even John through Revelation has some amazing and most intriguing references to light when he's speaking of Jesus. Let's check out two a little more deeply. So if you wanted to, do you want to turn to John chapter 1, verses 1 to 4? I'm going to read from. Maybe, right, I didn't mark it for whatever reason. So we read in John chapter one, verses one to four: "In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made; without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life." and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. That was actually the verse 5. So we see this reference to light at the beginning of John as he talks about Jesus coming. Now I want you to stick with me here as we look at this little bit of a journey in light, and then we'll get a little practical about that as well. But If John is wanting to declare through his book, which he is, Jesus as the Son of God, the Creator of the world, God incarnate, who was in perfect relationship with the Father, who died on the cross to take away the sin of the world, and rose, that all may now have that same life that he had with and relationship he had with the Father, how do you begin your gospel? How do you start to write the gospel? How do you start to tell the good news of that? And what are the first words that he uses? In the beginning. Now, if you're a good Jewish person, you don't have apps and books. You have a few scrolls probably in the temple. Maybe if you're rich, your family might have a scroll as well or some of these letters floating around. But if you were a good Jewish person, you would have known that would trigger because of the storytelling. What would it trigger you back to? In the beginning, Genesis chapter 1, the creation story. In the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. Jesus was with God. Jesus spoke creation into being and then God said, Genesis 1 tells us the correlation John 1, Genesis 1 that's going on. What did God speak in Genesis? What was the first thing he said? Let there be light. What does John tell us that Jesus was? He was light. John is trying to set the scene to say the new creation has begun in Jesus. Jesus in the form of light is our life. In other words, there is no life without Jesus. That's why he's the light of men. Is that, is that ringing? Yep, yeah, we got it. Good. Excellent. It's important. It's really important. Life began as God in the Trinity said and created light. John says in the beginning, and he's referencing Genesis 1. I believe, again, John is introducing the gospel declaring that Jesus is the new creation and it's all on. It's all on from here. God's original design for relationship has begun again and the new man in Jesus. But then there's more. <laughs> no steak knives, just more scripture. John 8, verse 12. Where, <laughs> Yeah, dad jokes are not working on you guys today where one of the most famous um, passages now in John, if you uh, don't know the book of John well, John has seven great statements where Jesus uses, and it can get lost because they're two very simple words that we would throw around a lot, where he says, I am. When he says, I am, and then tags on something else, what he's actually using in the Hebrew is the word Yahweh, I am. So he's directly claiming his divinity, at that point. This is not hidden in John. In some of the other gospels, it is a little bit hidden in terms of Jesus and who he is and what he's about, somewhat. I don't think it's as explicit what some people think. But anyway, in John it's not. Jesus makes seven clear statements. I am Yahweh. I am, God said in Israel, in Exodus, I am who I am. That's my name. If you want to know who I am, I am who I am. Jesus uses the same word, directly quoting the Father. I am Yahweh. And in this sense, in John 8, 12, he says, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So, Kirk, you want to do me a favour? Can you light that? Because I can't do both. And that's not about being a man. It's just that i got a microphone in one hand, all right? I could do two things, but it might get messy. So. Well, this is where you hope the experiment works, so that it actually goes bigger than the candle wax. <laughs> Come on, little thing. You can do it. So. It's poking its head up. It'll come. It'll come. So the light of the world has come. Jesus' direct claim in John 8, verse 12, again, because he's referencing himself back to creation, that there is no life without him. There is no life. If you want life, if you want to be out of darkness, I am the way. I am the light of the world, he says. This is one of the great seven I am statements. You can go away and have a look at the rest of those if you would like. They are um, def- they're throughout John, the book of John. Um, have a look at those. They're really, really cool. Just like in Genesis again, where life can't exist without God. And our relationship, the sin issue, and our destiny can't exist or can't be dealt with without Jesus. But wait, yep, there's a little bit more. There's another massive light statement in, that has repercussions for us. We've established Jesus as the light of the world and the light of life, but He makes, in light of everything I've just talked about, he makes this insane statement that has ramifications for you and I for the rest of our days. In Matthew 5, verses 14 to 16, you can turn there with me if you'd like. There are these words. This is the setting of Jesus on the um, giving the uh, preaching on the mount, um, and in this context, it is believed where he was preaching from. Again, or if you knew your ge- ge- um, ge- geography in Israel, there was a city on a hill around the Sea of Galilee, and you couldn't miss it. Because it literally, if you're on the Sea of Galilee, this thing was right on the top. There was nothing else blocking it. Right on the top of the hill, it looked like it was on the horizon. So, to a Jewish person, as soon as Jesus read what I'm about said, what I'm about to read, they'd know exactly what he was talking about. We wonder what that means, but they probably had every idea of what he was talking about. Jesus says in verse 14, "You are the light of the world." Now, hang on, Jesus is the light of the world, but you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before all men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. You are the light of the world. Wow. Wow. This Advent season, how often do we just think about Jesus being the light of the world, coming into the earth, which is really right. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's wrong. But how often do we not think about the ramifications for our own life and what that means to be when he said he's the light of the world, he then declared you and I the light of the world. And then further to that, I'm throwing lots of scriptures at you today. Um, So bear with me. In 2 Corinthians 4, verses 5 and 6, Paul says, For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, Let light shine out of darkness. What's he referencing? Creation story, Genesis, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. Wow. Wow. So the light of the world now is in you, and I, it's been placed in our hearts when we receive that from Jesus. That part is done. Or in Ephesians 5 8, it says, You were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Not your kind of trans, not you're kind of dark and you're getting a little bit lighter and lighter. No, you were once darkness and if you're wondering how quick that can happen, light is the fastest moving object in the world, thing, in existence. So think about that perspective of how, if you need the science behind it, light is the fastest, is it substance? Where's my science teachers? I don't know what we term it. Anyway, thing, we'll go with thing, it's a very technical science term, of thing, Sorry? Energy. Okay, we'll go with energy fast. (laughs) Energy that there is. So what I'm trying to point out is it's instant. You were dark when you didn't know Jesus and you didn't have him in your life. And bang, when you did, you're light. The light is in you. That light is in you. What happens then, again, hold with me, is 2 Corinthians 3.18. And I'm going to read from the New American Standard here. Because it has a cool translation. But we all, with an unveiled face, nothing shielding us, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, even as from the Lord, the Spirit. So what happens now... The light of the world comes, but now you're a mirror and you're reflecting the image of Jesus. And hopefully I'm not burning the mirror. Do you see it? Can you all see it? Have I got it on the right angle? Does it look exactly like the candle? There's nothing distorted about it, is it? That is us. We are the mirror. We all say, but hang on, we run into these situations where we feel conflicted because we go, I don't feel like that. I don't feel like the light. We talk about, oh, I've heard words given of we're embers and we need the fire started. I want to say no, no to that. What we are, we have the light. If Jesus is the light of the world, is he partially the light of the world in us or is he wholly the light of the world in us? There's nothing partial about it for Jesus what ends up happening? See all my written notes on here. What we end up doing is we kind of filter the light through our own words, or through our own thoughts, or our own feelings. So we're not—we're kind of trying to look at the reflection. We can't see the—we can see a little bit of a light in there, but what we've got is these—these—all these things in front of us that, we, that Kirk was talking about before. We have got stuff. In, in front of us, often coming from ourselves. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy enough. I don't deserve it. I shouldn't have it. I'm such a bad person. Nobody knows the things that I've done. Yeah, I kind of know Jesus, but there's all this stuff. I just can't get over I can't get in the way. It's in the way for me. And often the enemy also will then come and he'll throw stuff at us and he'll try and distort The image that we can see. But here's the reality. Darkness cannot resist the light. And if we were in a place where I wasn't worried about burning it down, I'd set this thing on fire. Or if I wasn't worried about losing my place in my notes, um, I'd set this on, on fire for you. Darkness cannot overcome light. They are opposites of each other but they are not of equal power. We think that they are of equal power. We think opposites must be coming in opposition to each other, but they are not of equal power. Darkness cannot withstand, overcome light. It can't do it. That's why when we light a candle in the dark room, it becomes so amazing to us because the darkness can't consume it. The darkness can't even push in against it. It can be blocked. We can block the light, but someone's got to do that. Darkness itself can't do it. It can't do it. It requires somebody to do it for it. So if you have been declared the light of the world through Jesus, our starting point, as Paul says, is glory to glory. Glory. It's not a transition from darkness into light as in a continued transition. It's, no, we were dark, now we're light and the journey is all this transforming of us into the image of Christ. So what does the journey become for each one of us in this Advent season and the rest of our life? I think it becomes proximity and presence. See the image? Maybe, yes, you can still see it. It's there, still reflecting the same image. It's still very strong, the same image. But if I do this again, and the image is clearer. I'm getting closer and closer and closer to the image of Jesus. That is our journey from glory to glory. Got it? Really important. Really important. Now I've com- got so excited, I've completely lost my place and that's all good. Burn them! Yes, burn the notes. Um, here's, here's the next thing that happens that's really cool for us. So, Trent, you want it? Where does, did you get the matches, Kirk? So I'm going to help you here, everybody. Trent's going to light the match. Here's the next thing that happens for us. You can light the candle in there. Neil, can I have the um... so am I on? I am. No, no, you gotta blow it out. You gotta be a good assistant if you want this gig, mate. Serious. So forgive the rawness of, of what I'm using here. I, mean, I can't fit you all inside this little tool. He, and I'm making you all go crazy with me waving it around as well. Hi, Kirk. Let me try And This is going to be fun. So in here, I have a candle lit. And around the outside are mirrors. So what happens when we, as a collective... <laughs> If you're wondering on the date what's happening, I've got a video on and I'm running around getting all excited as I preach and then everybody's going crazy watching this image on the screen. What happens when we take the light of the world and we place it in the middle and the center, because that's what happens, of a group of believers who know Jesus. Well, what happens is, can I take it now, Trent? Oh, you're recording. No, it's all right. So if I can get this to work. So if you're wondering what happened, the little one candle inside this group of mirrors, what's happened is the reflection is never ending. It never stops. There is always something more that we know and we can see. I want to present to you that as reflectors of Jesus, not only are we reflecting his image, but we're reflecting his presence through each other. You show me bits and pieces that I can't see of him because of who he's made in you. And it doesn't stop. That There's never an end to what we can discover about him together through this image. So... We need each other in terms of walking this life together because I'm not going to wreck the model, but if I pulled one of those mirrors out, the image is broken. I can move it and there'll be a gap. There won't be the never-ending aspect of his presence. We reflect Jesus to each other and power comes when we do that. All right. I know I'm running out of time, but I have one more thing that I really wanted to talk to you about today. And I'm kind of winging it here. I don't have an experiment for you on this one. We are to reflect the image of Christ. And what I would love to be able to do with this, but I don't think it's actually scientifically possible, is to make these mirrors um, both be able to reflect the image of the candles happening, but then also to be clear so you could see the other side and that there would be refraction going on. Because reflection is reflecting back the image of what's being seen, so we're a mirror. But yours and my life is also about the refraction of light. Refraction is where the light actually passes through an object and goes to another medium. It goes through it and goes to another medium. You see it best like in water. If you put a light or a mirror or a lens or a prism, when it goes through, the light is bent and it goes in another direction. So we reflect Jesus, we refract Jesus. He aims at Kirk through me, but he might shoot from this side because it needs to bend towards him. That's a good thing because Kirk doesn't need the reflection of me. He needs the refraction of Jesus coming to him. The light of the world is in you that you would refract it to those around you, that you would bring his presence and be the light of the world, not just here, not just in your intimate times, which are essentially vitally important because I don't think you can refract unless that the proximity need the proximity this season this advent season be the light of the world work with jesus on being the light of the world don't just rely on just the lights that are around when you go into your workplaces be the light of the world that that people will see your good deeds. Good deeds are okay. They're perfectly okay if they're coming from a place of understanding that the light of the world is in you. It's in you and it's done. It's sorted. Creation order is restored in your life. You're okay with the Father. And so now you can do good deeds. You're not trying to earn His love by doing the good deeds. You want to show His love by doing the good deeds. So get out there. And let's do it this Advent season. Let's be a presence in this world that people would know there's something so different about us. That it's not just about presence in the sense of rapt presence, but presence of the Lord. Let's be praying for people. Let's be loving on people. The gifts, we've got opportunities for our good deeds. Let's be the light of the world. huh? Can we do that together? Let's stand up and let's pray. I want to, um, all right, how are we going to do this, Holy Spirit? So I did this before. You saw me do this exercise where I put written notes, written words. Uh, In front of the candle, distorting its image, you could see the light behind it. I felt like in worship as all those things were going on, and Kirk was then praying and stuff. I felt like the Holy Spirit said, "There are people that like," and and there was a confirming word afterwards in this to to me before I preached of God wants to deal with some of this stuff in an instant, bang. It's not. We often there is process, and I, I totally agree and, and, and agree. But I feel like today, there is a sense that these things that we've spoken that are distorting the image that the Lord wants to give you a clear image back again, and He wants to do it immediate. So the things that are you've written or you've allowed to be written. I don't know if you want to grab a piece of paper. I've got some spare stuff up here and I've got a pen. You can just rip off a piece of paper, half of it or whatever, so there's some around. If you feel like you need to write what that word was or what happened to you that's distorting that image, write it down and you can screw it up and throw it at the base of the candle, under the candle. Get it out of the way of the candle. Like We can't burn it. I'm sorry. I know everybody would like to burn it today, but... (laughs) I think Nick will know. She'll start twitching next door, and she'll come running in here. It'll happen. But so, but I do. I, I really feel like there'll be something that's broken off you, and then stay here because we want to pray for you after that's done. So these are here for you. Um, I'm going to start praying. As I start praying, you can boldly come and grab some paper. I have. Have I got a pen in my bag? I think I do. Hun, a couple of pens. Yeah. Okay. My assistant, my lovely wife, is going to help me. All right. Let's pray together. If you want to do that, I believe that there will be stuff that will be broken off your life as quick as light travels today. So in faith in who you are, Jesus, as the light of the world, as the light of the world, we want to see you more. We want to know you more. And so for any in this room that have had those things spoken over them by themselves, by somebody else, or by the enemy, where darkness has tried to press in around, has tried, has tried and we've allowed it, that we would, in your name, Jesus, have those things broken off now, So if if that's you, if you need to write those things down, come on out, be bold. Be bold. There is life on offer here this morning. It's not the life that just is, just that everyday plain stuff. It's the eternal, it's the glory of the Lord kind of life that's on offer to you today. So come, be bold and write it down. Break it off. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. It's good. It's good. That's good. And for any who would like a deeper understanding, that they want to know more of the image of the Lord, they want more proximity. You want more proximity and presence of the Lord. You want to see His image clearer. Come forward this morning. We want to pray for you as well. Oh, Jesus, love you so much. Love you so much. Would you come now and move through this room, Holy Spirit? just screw it up and chuck it on the floor we'll we'll get rid of them in the bin and burn them later come on forward yeah lord more holy spirit come bring life bring life let your light shine even brighter in our lives as the paper is thrown on the ground would you break it off in jesus name break off the darkness. It's trying to press in. Lord, come, come. And as people are waiting out here, people of Jesus that love Jesus, if you want to come and pray with your brothers and sisters, there is power in, and like, just be guided by the Holy Spirit. Speak some of those things out and break it off. Oh, we've got a bin now. Awesome. I'm putting it below the candle. Chuck it in the bin. Come, Lord more of your light and life this morning we also have um i also want to pray for anybody i think we need to pray for anybody this sense of the reflected group of mirrors you have a bit of a problem with that because you've been burnt by the church you've been hurt by the church and there's a bit of a blocker of the light because the church has wounded you and hurt you we want you to be a part of the mirrors (laughs) We want you to reflect with us the light that's in you, and uh, so we want to. I want to pray for that, that that would be broken off you uh, this morning. So if that's you, if you have been wounded in the past by the church, we, we I think the Lord wants to deal with that this morning. So come forward, as well. We want to pray for you. We want to see you healed. We want to see your life be restored to you, and let the light shine. So. We're going to keep praying up the front here this morning. I bless you in Jesus' name to be the light of the world. Be the light of the world. Look at that. Explore it throughout the week and enjoy the joy of the Lord as you um, walk and move with him as the light of the world.